Paid to Play, episode 41. Vicky Vic Cosplay. Hello and thank you very much for your time and your megabytes of download limit. I am Rob Farker, your host, and I will be getting to my fantastic chat with Vicky Vic of Vicky Vic Cosplay in a few minutes' time. Firstly, though, I just wanted to tell you a couple of things, a little progress update on my own efforts to get paid to play. I do like to make sure when I do put this podcast out that I am not just telling other people that it is possible to take the things that you love, find the value that other people have in them, and then stand up for them such that those other people will actually pay you for those services or those products of your play. I want to be able to tell people that I am also doing it all seriously, working toward that goal myself. And I am glad to say that I've succeeded. Um, It's been a long while, but you might have noticed in the last episode where I chatted with Beefy of Beefy Photography, right at the beginning, I mentioned that the Pay to Play podcast now has a Patreon page. Patreon is one of the various crowdfunding sites out there. You may have heard of sites like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but unlike those which aim to raise a large amount of funds for a specific broad project, Patreon is aimed at supporting creators of more episodic work on that episodic level where people chip in a certain amount per unit of work published. And it seems like the perfect way of funding this podcast. And the great bit is I already have two backers. I would very much like to thank here on the podcast my first backer, Michelle Ward, who came in at the $5 per episode level, that means that she gets early access to this episode on Thursday, which would be, if you'll pardon pardon me for suddenly needing to check my calendar, but Thursday the 26th of March in the morning Australian time, and also Paul Cochran who has come in at the $3 level. And like Michelle, he has received a thank you and a link on the Paid to Play website. You'll find if you go to www.paidtoplay.com.au, you will see a new link in the menu at the top called Thank You Patreons. If you click on that, everyone who donates at the $3 per episode or more level will get a notice there. And I think, uh, as I'm aiming to put this out every couple of weeks, and I imagine that uh, while I do hope to have a large level of Patreons a little bit later on, I don't think it will be so huge that I will be spending heaps of time thanking everybody who signs up in the two weeks intervening um, at the beginning of every episode. I think I will chuck in a thank you to everyone who signs up as a Patreon at the beginning of an episode. So, Paul, Michelle, thank you very much again. Um, Everyone else, please go check out patreon.com forward slash paid to play. I do have some great things in mind for the paid to play podcast, and if excuse the noise, one of my dogs decided to just barge into the office and say hello. I do have some great things in mind. Uh, I do need to do a little bit of work in putting some more stuff around greater reward levels for you folks who uh, would like to chip in a little bit more than $5 an episode. I do want to have some way of saying thank you to you. At the moment, I am thinking voice work and also goals. Now, thanks to Michelle and Paul, I have actually met my first funding goal, which is covering the hosting and the domain name expenses for pay to play. I have been with Marcus Herstick of Business Web Integrations since before the pay to play podcast was a thing. He hosted my weblog when I first kicked it off under the Imagines name, and I bought my robf.com.au domain from him as well. So he has been Uh, a great friend to this podcast, and I am very happy to say that at the moment, unless my usage 
skyrockets, and hopefully it does at some point, um, my hosting bills are done. Um, so I do need to think of some other things, some other goals that I would like to meet and actually try and work out the costs involved so that I can put a reasonable target together for Patreon. Some of the things I have in mind are uh, outsourcing, as you'll probably see on the Patreon page, outsourcing some of the editing work. This does take me a while to stitch together this podcast. Um, maybe even covering travel to pop culture conventions outside of Cairns so that I can get some on-site interviews with all kinds of fabulous people who are getting paid to play. Um, I might even be able to free up enough time if I get enough funding to make this a series video podcast. My friend Pierre and I have been meaning to get together online for a little while to actually test out how viable me doing video recordings of chats with guests is. And his one will be especially good because he's located in San Diego and I, of course, and located in Cairns, so we'll get a good idea of how well an international connection via Skype with video will actually work and how I would go about recording it. But anyway, I just wanted to share those pieces of information with you folks. It is possible to get paid to play with consistency and determination and belief in what you're doing and a little bit of research, then you can actually start earning an income from those folks who love what you do as much as you do. And you will find that if you do put yourself out there and ask politely but persistently, people will be willing to give of not just their time but also their money to help you out. But enough of that for now, let me get to my chat with today's fantastic guest. On any normal day, my guest is a normal Australian girl. She lives in a sleepy country town. She goes to the gym. She helps where she can as a registered nurse at the local hospital. But when she heeds the call to adventure, she dons the garb of a superhero. Sometimes she is Sailor Pluto from the cadre of magical warriors led by the mighty Sailor Moon. Sometimes she's the leader of the next generation of the Avengers American Dream. Sometimes she is Supergirl. But always she is Vicky Vic, cosplayer extraordinaire. Now, my listeners might not have heard of cosplay before now. It is an interesting and fun phenomenon that has cropped up in Australia over the last few years. It's a combination of costume making and it's got a little bit of play acting in there as well. A lot of folks would probably be familiar with the people who go to various science fiction conventions dressed in Starfleet uniforms from Star Trek. Except cosplayers are typically a lot more diverse. They really have the one costume, and it's really only from the one show or universe. Cosplayers often draw inspiration from Japanese popular culture. They're animated cartoons, comics, and video games, which are consumed by all ages. Even then, though, you're just as likely to encounter a cosplayer dressed as Wolverine, the Joker, or the Master Chief. Cosplayers have kind of a unique place at pop culture conventions. You may have heard of the like down under with names like Supernova. In recent times, many companies have attempted to hire what is sometimes uh, sometimes derogatively known as booth babes. Ladies hired basically to promote a product, be present at the booth and entice attention. Cosplayers have almost entirely upstaged them in the recent past. Hyde Booth staff often cannot match a cosplayer's sheer enthusiasm for their source material. A cosplayer's care for their experience, the attention to detail that they put into making their costumes, and the stories they can tell of the process of making them put a booth hired staff member to shame when all they can say most of the time is this is the outfit that they gave me and on that note there is often a love of paying it forward many cosplayers will gladly tell anyone who is honestly curious about how they actually put their costumes together and that's another main thing about cosplayers most of the time even if their costume is bought they will have modified it in some way and in many cases they will have made their costumes from scratch in her time as a cosplayer, Vicky has rapidly risen to the forefront of the Australian scene. Her enthusiasm, 
Her skill and her fantastic results have garnered Vicky so much acclaim that pop culture conventions will invite her as a guest, much as they would an actor in a genre show, a game designer, a writer or a comic book artist. In fact, Vicky is one of a triad of cosplayers who will be in my neck of the woods this July for Tropicon, Cairns' first pop culture convention, as guest judges for the Cons Cosplay Competition. It is a pleasure to have her as a guest on my show as well. Vicky, thank you very much for coming on the Pay to Play podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. So, tell me, what are you digging right at the moment? So, TV show-wise, gaming-wise? Absolutely anything-wise. What is bringing a smile to your face right now? Well, I am playing a big catch-up right now. Um, So, we're up to season five of The Walking Dead, and I've never seen it in my life. So, I am currently up to season three, episode 13, and this is in the space of four days. Bloody heck, that's uh, one one epic binge-watching right there. Oh, I've got to play catch up. There's, I mean, everyone's telling me the fifth season's more kick-ass than the last few seasons, so uh, I've got to catch up sooner or later. <laughs> so will I, I suppose. I am still yet to see an episode of The Walking Dead myself, but, um, so, uh, yeah, anything else right at the mo? Um, really just starting to get prepared for some of the conventions that are coming up. So, um, Mm. I just had a coffee with one of the cosplayers from Brisbane who's up here right now, um, baby Alice cosplayer. She's up from Brisbane doing some work up here. So I just caught up with her this afternoon before I've had a chat with you. So, um, we were just chatting about our group that we've organized for Supernova. Oh, fantastic. So, um, how many cosplays are in the group that are going to be there? Well, how many planets are in the solar system? (laughs) Well, I guess that depends on uh, who's uh, written the definition of planet that everyone's going by at the moment. But uh, I think I get your reference, though. (laughs) Yeah, so we've got quite a bit of a group there. I believe at last count, I think we had about 13 or 14 people in the group. Wow. So we've got... um... Everyone from the Sailor Moon group, except for Chibi Moon, which is a bit of a shame, but what can you do? Um, Tuxedo Mask and Queen Beryl. So it's quite a big group. (laughs) Fantastic. So um, how did you actually stumble across cosplay originally? Wow. Take me back. Um, (laughs) So... Uh, I originally was a big gamer, so mm. I used to play multi, uh, really RPGs, so I used to love Final Fantasy, and my favorite Final Fantasy game was Final Fantasy X, um, and I used to play that religiously. I ended up with about 300 hours plus on that one at least, and I was going back and replaying the game and leveling up more and more, <laughs> And um, <laughs> as you do, mm, and mm. Um, I got... I got really hooked on the game and I thought, how how can I take my gaming further? And um, I was researching the characters and I stumbled across someone dressed as the character and it kind of sprung from there. Mm. Um, I researched into what she was doing and I stumbled across cosplay and the rest has really been history. <laughs> it sounds like... Um... I did check out some interviews uh, with you before we did this, and uh, it seems like it was a uh, it was a little bit of a slow start. Um, it seems as though it was three years between discovering cosplay and your first costume. Um, so, what what sort of happened in that meantime? Um, so, when I first discovered cosplay, I was in my last year of high school. So, ah. two thousand two thousand and nine, I was in my last year of high school. Uh, so I went on to start studying my um, registration for a registered nurse. So mm. that was in 2010. So a registered nurse takes three years to complete. So I studied that in Bundaberg and that took me three years. And then I moved to a small sleepy town out west and did two years of work out there. And that's when I could start actually doing anything because I had a bit of money to spend. Mm, mm. Uh, Being a student, you have nothing. Of course. So um, I used my mum's sewing machine. I made my first costume and away I went. So tell me a little bit about that first costume. Uh, Was it the Final Fantasy one? Um, I actually bought my first costume. Ah. So I bought that costume, but my second costume was made. So the first costume I bought, it was an eBay purchase with a very – dear friend of mine who helped me with that and Ah. she recently just passed so it was a bit raw but Mm. she helped me get my first costume and I'll be forever grateful for that and um, so I modified that costume uh, made it more my own and more to the way I wanted it Uh, took that one so it was the Final Fantasy costume (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and I also made a Captain America USO dancing girl from the first Avenger and that was 
made with a, a lot of help. Um, there was a Facebook group and they set out patterns and how to do this and how to do that. And from scratch, I built a costume. Fantastic. So it sounds like, and that's one thing I've noticed about the cosplay, cosplay, pardon me, community, there is a lot of internal support in it. Uh, everyone seems to be more than willing to uh, help each other out. Uh, how has your experience of that been? Um, so I've had a couple of people ask me about, you know, how I did my sewing for my American Dream costume. Mm. Um, I've had a couple of people ask me about uh, how I did my armor for the American Dream costume because there was quite a bit of different techniques used to make the American Dream costume. Yeah, I have uh, to say those uh, arm greaves and the pads on the legs were very, uh, on the boots were very impressive. <laughs> Just a bit of, um, you know, gym floor mats. Mm. Yeah, a bit of gym floor mat <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a heat gun and quite a lot of patience with painting. I am not the best painter. Ah. Um, but that was one of the difficult ones. And my Supergirl chest piece and um, uh, underwear line piece mm. were all made out of latex. And I actually received a lot of help via Skype and phone calls from CB Studios Cosplay. He's um, based in Brisbane. And he does a lot of um, casting latexes and fiberglass and resins. So I was contacting him quite regularly. Hey, I'm trying to do this. How would you recommend to do that? And he goes... Oh, that's easy. And I'm like, yeah, for you. We're talking to someone here whose skills rely mainly on a sewing machine. <laughs> so can uh, can you tell me about your experience of actually going to your first convention and taking a costume with you and, you know, going out into public, um, fully kitted out, as it were? <laughs> so um, my first um, supernova was in the RNA showgrounds um, back in 20, I think it was, what, 2012? Yeah, 2012. So the it was still at the RNA showgrounds. Um, last year was its first time at the Brisbane, Brisbane Entertainment and Convention Centre. So it was back at the RNA showgrounds. It was rainy. It mm. was not covered. It was hot. It was humid. And there was a lot of people. Oh, lovely. So um, you're shoving a lot of people into a confined space um, and you're trying to run run between pavilions between the rain, Ooh. Um, shuffling past crowds, being all hot and sweaty in mm. costumes. Would never take any of it back, though. It was just amazing. <laughs> a bit a bit overwhelming because mm. it's your first convention and you're having nearly 30,000 people through the gates and that's 30,000 people you've never met before. And um, it's a bit of it's a bit confronting. Mm, mm. Um, I remember meeting CB Studios to cosplay for the first time on the Sunday, and that was before he'd set his page up. And it was I think just after that I found his page, and um, I took a photo of him. Like nice Captain Jack Sparrow costume. Take a photo. Um, we're now friends on Facebook, and we chat regularly. So <laughs> go figure. Yeah. Um, since then, though, uh, the con scene, I would say. I know that Supernova has been going for a good few years, but uh, I imagine at least you've been able to attend other cons where the um, uh, the situation was a little bit more uh, amenable to walking around in costume. Um, amenable, uh, easier, or a bit more... <laughs> yes, a little bit more forgiving and permitting, as it were. Um, yeah, so last year was uh, my first small convention. So there was a new convention popped up last year called Sugar City Con, and that yes. was in Mackay. Mm. So um, I was helping with the organizing on that one, and that was a lot of fun to do. I lived about three hours west of Mackay at the time, and yeah. I live four hours south of Mackay now. But um, <laughs> still in the same area, nearly. Mm. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. So we were expecting about 300 people to come through the gates. We had 1,200. So um, wow. the, PC, the PCYC was big, but I still got this feeling of supernova. So there was still, you know, the brushing past each other and the, <laughs> wow, it's a bit confined in here. But yeah. wow, it was an amazing experience because it was only the 1,200 people. It was a small convention. It was tight knit. Everyone knew everyone in the cosplay community there. There was a lot of support. There was amazing cosplays that I got to see that night, that day. Mm. And we had some amazing guests come up and, you know, it was a, a great con. And I'm glad that Sugar City Con has continued on to this year as well. Mm. Yes, it's amazing to see the spread of pop culture nowadays. I mean, um, I mentioned a little earlier on Tropicon, which, of course, you're one of the guests of, and there was uh, 
you always had couldn't help but maybe be a little bit skeptical that a pop culture convention could really happen in Cairns. The guy who runs it, Charlie Kennel, actually got a fair bit of local press mileage from um, a couple of petitions that he did trying to get Supernova to actually set up a local branch. Uh, and I think when that didn't work out, he just sort of said, well, stuff that. If uh, you want to get something done, do it yourself. Um and you were, of course, living in uh, an out-of-the-way part of Australia. I mean, can you tell me what that experience is like? Um, uh, perhaps maybe some of the challenges of making cosplay uh, costumes where you are and then having to get from where you're living out to, uh, out to the location of the con. Okay, so um, last year for me, um, to get to a convention, if I wanted to drive to a convention, it was a 12-hour drive down to Brisbane from where I lived. Um, the halfway point was my parents' place. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I um, used to stop in and say good day to my parents for a night. Free food, free bed. Hells yes. <laughs> uh, so hi, mom, hi, dad, you know, just casually stopping in for the night. See you, see you a couple of days. We're back. I'll be stopping through again. Um <laughs> So that, that always goes down well. It was a good way to say hi and bye real quick. Um, but it was a 12-hour drive, or if not, I could drive 110 kilometers to the closest airport in Emerald and fly from Emerald to Brisbane, which was about an hour and a half on the plane, and then hope to God that someone would pick me up at the airport and take me back to their place to stay the night. <laughs> so um, it, it was interesting doing it that way. I preferred to drive because then I could pick up friends along the way and they could help pay for fuel and keep me entertained and it was always a bit of fun. Uh, so it's quite a bit of a drive to get to a convention for me, but it's still a bit of a drive. And um, for me now, actually, I'm still about seven or eight hours north of Brisbane. Um, and I'm about 10 hours, no, it's about 10 hours south of Cairns. I'm not completely sure. I haven't driven to Cairns from where I am at the moment in a very, very long time. But I'm very excited to be making the trip soon. Uh so in Cairns, Rockhampton, uh, Townsville, um, the big cities along the way, you've got your spotlights. Mm. Uh, so you've got lots of places that you can go buy materials and you've got your masters and your bunnings. So you can buy everything really easily. Where I was last year, I would be lucky enough to buy material. <laughs> if I was lucky, the news agency sold some basic cotton. Uh, we had a MyTen, which was pretty good for paint supplies, but if I needed anything, it was straight to the internet or if I was down the Sunshine Coast at the time was to stock up on material. So it's uh, quite a bit of a hassle to get things out to where I am. Everything takes a couple of days extra shipping. Mm. Sometimes it costs a little bit extra to do the shipping as well. So if you're shipping from the United States, it's a pain in the ass, especially with the Australian dollar the way it is. Yes. I imagine it must have been nice a year or two ago when we had almost parity with the dollar, but now, of course, things have dropped again. So much internet shopping that time. Uh, I remember I loved internet shopping about a year ago. It was the best thing in the world. Now it's a bit, mm, can I source that in Australia? Um, so my American Dream fabrics, what, $8 a metre? It's the shipping that costs the most. It's, it's shipping that's really pricey. Mm. But, you know, it's all worth it in the end. And mm. you, you, you shop smart, shop ahead, plan a, plan in advance. It's it's amazing mm. so yeah well, that's fantastic well uh i was gonna say tell me about and this is i would suppose always a hard question to ask um because i imagine they in a way they must be must be like your kids tell me about some of your favorite cosplays that you've put together Okie dokie. Well, it is really hard to choose between children because i've got so many in my closet right now um <laughs> Um, to put my costumes together. Um, so I made the USO dancing girl from Captain America, the first Avenger three times. Mm. So I'd have to say she's probably one of my most favorite costumes. I'm actually going down to Brisbane shortly to reshoot her with one of my favorite photographers. So I'm going to have a bit of fun with that one. Um, American dream is very, very popular with people who follow me on my page. Mm. Um, the photos I did with Carlos Mayenko, cosplay photographer, is they're just just amazing. And I think the shield's a big hit too, being signed by Stan Lee, the creator of the Marvel Universe. So I can <laughs> that's imagine. always mm. that's always a very big popular one. Yeah, I can imagine. 
Oh, yeah, the shield is so treasured right now. It's wrapped up in its bubble wrap and its case hidden in the back of my wardrobe so no one can find it. Ah. Um, that one was really popular, but a lot of people liked the Supergirl photos as well, and the costume was so much fun to run around in. It was really cool compared to wearing um, American Dream. American Dream was very, 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 very hot to wear on Brisbane Saturday at Brisbane Supernova last year. I actually came close to a point where I was going to collapse. Oh, dear. It's very hot wearing um, boots, spandex, arm guards, corset, wig, and gloves. So the only place that heat can escape is your fingertips and your face. So the main places that sweat escape and heat escape are through your hair and on your feet and your palms, and that was all covered. So it was very hot. Um, But out of all of them, I'd say my USO girl is probably my most favorite cosplay. But um, that will probably change in a couple of years when I have more costumes and <laughs> other experiences in those costumes. Mm. And there's always going to be the one. And I'd always say my first cosplay that I made would be my favorite. So the USO girl is most definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. No, there's, um, there's nothing like that time when uh, it's all still very new, isn't it? And uh uh, you almost find yourself chasing those moments again, but as you get more, ex- as you, of course, you've learned and you've gotten more experienced, and it's never quite the same, is it? No, it's not. But every time you do something new, or you meet new people, or go some go somewhere new for a convention, it's mm. always a new experience. So when I went down to Sydney, I went to Sydney Supernova last year. That was my first interstate convention. Mm. I went down to Sydney, and it just felt like a brand new convention all over again. Like Supernova was completely new again. So it was just wow, a complete overhaul of what I knew as Supernova going to a new city. And it was the same this year with Brisbane Supernova going to the Brisbane Convention Centre. Mm. It was a complete change to the RNA showgrounds where it was hot, musty, and, you know, it was tended to rain. Yeah. And you're getting wet between pavilions, which meant stuffing up your makeup or your mm. wig falls apart or that paper mache that you put on your shoulder pad. Yeah, that's not paper mache anymore. So it's a big change and it was a surprise and everything's anything that Supernova or a convention throws at you that's new, it always makes the convention experience different. Mm. One thing you brought up a little earlier on was doing photo shoots in cosplay with cosplay photographers. Uh, how did those come about and... Um, what is that uh, side of the cosplay scene like as opposed to the more, um, uh, I guess, the generally more uh, public and uh, event-based nature of uh, convention- uh, going to conventions? So, you know, when you're walking around a convention, oh, I like your costume, let's take a photo. Mm. Yeah, that's really awesome. I love it when people come up to me and say, hey, I really love your costume. I know this character. It's one of my favorites. Hey, let's get a photo. That's really amazing. And I love getting photos back from um, fans. So I've received like a couple messages back. Hey, I got a photo with you. We look awesome in this photo. I thought I'd share it back to you. And I love getting those photos back just as much as the ones that I get done professionally by the convention photographers. So um, there are... Uh, photographers who come who are just um, photographers who want to take photos of something different but then there are those people who specialize in cosplay photography as well and who also work as other types of freelance photography on the side Mm. Um, so I suppose when people started making costumes someone's going to probably come along go hey that's pretty cool I'd like to get a photo of that and I guess it's developed from there where people just specialize in taking photos of people who want to make these costumes so there are some really amazing photographers out there and a couple of them are just incredible I love working with um, Carlos Mayenko I love working with Lorenzo So um, Forgotten Memories what a big camera Um, he's a Sydney based one I think Carlos is Actually, Carlos has actually moved to Sydney as well, so he's more Sydney-based now, which is a shame because I miss him heaps. Uh, um, there's a photographer I was using up in Mackay. There's a couple up there. So I, one of them, I go to her studio and I pay her to do photos there. At a convention, photos are normally done um, for free. Some photographers get in on a um, as a media pass, so mm. they just come in and they just take photos and others just come for the enjoyment of photos. They just love to take photos and they want to get better at the skill that they're doing. Mm. So um, so one of the photographers I'm doing a photo shoot with very shortly is um, Rebecca Burton Photography. Mm. So um, at a convention, 
should just do the photos for free because she's there. She's wanting to be there. She's taking photos. It's what she's there for. Mm. So I've organized a shoot with her outside of a convention. So I, I am paying her. So it's a paid shoot. And to be honest, I can't wait to shoot with her. She's a really good friend of mine. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Sounds like it will be one heck of a heck of a good time. Oh, it's always a party with the people that are um, lined up for this shoot. <laughs> it's now, gonna, it's, it's going to be a lot of a lot of derp shots. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, which I I have the feeling will probably make their way onto Facebook anyway, as well as the um, uh, approved for uh, approved for release ones, as it were. Oh yeah, they they yeah. there are some derp photos that. We'll never see the light of day. And there are other ones that do see the light <laughs> of day and you sit there and go, I'm glad that actually came out. <laughs> mm. now, I have seen a few. <laughs> well, oh, anyway, uh, one of the interviews I read uh, with you was by a blog called Titans of Cosplay and they started their interview with the line, there is no greater honour than having the chance to interview one of your favorite cosplayers. Uh, you have built one heck of a name for yourself. You have over 3,000 likes uh, on your Facebook page. So you've got one heck of a following. And nowadays, uh, you aren't just a person who goes to cons. Convention organizers invite you. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, about what that's like? Um, so when I got the message from Charlie, I was very shocked that he wanted to have me up as a, um, as a guest because I'm just a, I, I see myself as just an average cosplayer. I'm just someone who goes to a convention, has a page and wants to share what I do. Mm. And that's, that's just me. I, that's, you know, I'm cool with that. that I'm mm. happy with that. I, wow. I've got 3000 followers. That's pretty wicked, but I'm only, I'm only doing the costuming for the fun. And um, when he said, hey, we want you to come up, be a guest and help host the cosplay competition with Berserk. And I was like, uh, are, are you sure you want me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is some really other talented people down in Brisbane, you know, you could, you know, ask, ask them, are you sure you want me? And he's like, yeah, we want you. So um, I was then later told that he had Evie Dante's Dante's Inferno coming up from Sydney. And I was like, wow, okay, yep, this is going to be fun. And then when he told me that Twerk and Gherkin was coming up as well, I was shocked. So I'm so glad that Twerkin's coming up. She's she's amazing. I'm loving her work at the moment. She's <laughs> becoming such an incredible cosplayer. Mm. And she's so much fun to be around. Uh, so it's mm. it's an amazing lineup, and there's also one other cosplayer coming up from Brisbane as well. Um, Liam McLeod, Brisbane's eleventh Doctor. So he's helping me co-host. So we're doing the intros and saying good day to everyone and asking them some silly little questions and helping them out on stage. So it's it's going to be amazing. I'm very excited to uh, very excited to be going up to Cairns and being part of something like this. Mm. Well, it seems like, uh, as you might have mentioned already, um, the idea of having you as a guest has spread. You mentioned already that you were uh, part of the organising team for last year's Sugar City Con. And uh, next thing we know, uh, you've posted their announcement on your page that, uh, once again, you are going to be uh, a, named, a name card guest at the show. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was a bit of a shock as well. So um, I'm again on the organising committee for Sugar City Con, but they also said to me, "Hey, can we also have uh, can we also have you as a guest?" And I'm like, uh, "Can we? Are we allowed to do that?" And they're like, <laughs> "But I don't see why not." Mm. So um, you're going to do the cosplay comp, right? And I'm like, "Okay, I can do that. <laughs> sure, let's let's do this." So. Two small conventions that are rising up in the community. Sugar City Con is going to be amazing. Tropicon is going to be spectacular. I'm very excited for what um, Sugar City Con's doing. Um, I just actually saw an announcement tonight. I was actually thinking it was going to get announced next week, but all right, but it got announced tonight um, that we've got the zombie run happening on the same weekend <laughs> um, of the Sugar City Con. So wow. uh, we've organized with the uh, zombie run team that was just in Rockhampton this weekend. So um, there's a zombie run happening just after the convention finishes on the um, weekend there on the 29th. 
Okay. Now so I... I'm hoping I've got that date right, the 29th. There is so much happening this year at the moment. <laughs> no worries. I can always check it out and uh, put it in the show notes. Now, I've got to ask, I've heard of a zombie shuffle, um, which is, of course, where people uh, cosplay effectively as zombies. And, uh, and, well, I'm not sure, well, shuffle for want of a better word, um, through the streets of a town. So um, uh, what makes the difference uh, between a zombie shuffle and a zombie run? I mean, it's almost conjuring um, uh, images of something like uh, uh, a tough mudder or a warrior dash just with a zombie theme. So the one that's coming to um, Sugar City Con is, is Zombie Escape Australia. So uh -huh. um, basically the great zombie escape is going to happen. So I believe what they're going to do is they'll have a run of normal people and then they'll have a run of zombies trying to catch them. <laughs> so I believe that's what a run is. I believe a shuffle is uh, more of a everyone gets dressed up and we march along and scare the living daylights out of everyone that's yeah. normal. <laughs> I actually, I haven't attended one, so I'm very excited to be attending the one after the Sugar City Con, so it's going to be interesting. Right. Um, so what do you think you're going to be? Are you going to be um, a, cha a, a chasey or a chaser? Probably be a chasey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so I, I'd like to be a chaser, but I don't think I could get one of my costumes all gory, so I think mm. I might just run away from the zombies. Mm. Mm. Corset and all. <laughs> um. Now, uh, one thing I was going to ask about, um, this, uh, the podcast is called Pay to Play, and just generally without going to specifics, have you, you seem, from the sounds of things, you seem to be happy to be um, staying pretty much, keeping your cosplay uh, on the basis of you being a fan, but as your name is building and you are being invited as a guest, uh, where does that sort of place you on the pay-to-play continuum. Are you finding that uh, some of uh, the expenses that you would otherwise, uh, and please, if you don't feel comfortable talking about this, let me know, but are you finding that some of the expenses you would otherwise uh, have to face are sort of covered? Um, They're not really covered. It's more of a hobby. So you know mm. how some people prefer to go fishing and they don't get anything out of fishing except the fact that they get to catch the fish and yeah. take it home and eat it. Mm. Well, that actually it's productive in a way yeah. unless they're sports fishing when they just release it back into the water mm. but um so i don't get paid to do anything i do i just love mm. doing cosplay for me it's a hobby yeah. it's it's better than spending all my money on alcohol mm. so mm. um it's kind of like my alcohol I, I spend my money <laughs> i spend my money on um designing costumes and doing something productive for myself that mm. i really enjoy and it's going well but i have had a couple of people ask me hey are you going to open up a print store? Because, you know, your giveaways are great and all, but we always miss out. So I want this print, but I can never get it because I don't win your giveaway. <laughs> so I've had a couple of people ask me to open a print store, but um, I don't know the finer details mm. of opening a print store. So that's something to look into in maybe the next year or so. No worries. It would seem at the very least a good way of um, defraying some of those expenses of uh, being a cosplayer. Um and uh, I have spoken to a couple of people who have. Uh, I've actually spoken to um, uh, one cosplay photographer whose episode will probably be up uh, shortly before yours, a fellow by the name of Beefy, who um, uh, at the moment he's pretty much making his living off cosplay photography. So uh, yeah, it does seem like an avenue that even if you're you know not looking to. Uh, uh, seriously monetize it, at least cover some of those expenses. So at least maybe some of the stuff that you get from the US is a little bit more affordable. Yeah, that would be nice. Mm. No, um, I haven't had a chance to work with Beathy Photography, but wow, I really do enjoy looking at his work. It's just mm. incredible, especially the evolutions that he's done with Jessica Nigiri over in the United States. They're just incredible photos. She's probably one of my cosplay heroes, Jessica Nigiri. So mm. just watching him work with her is like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've got to admit, I am, I was, I'm not very well versed in Pokemon, but it seems um, uh, one heck of an incredible cosplay to basically take this concept of um, a magical creature and turn it into, um, for want of a better word, uh, a themed ceremonial dress that's still, you know, if you look at it, you'll go, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that's um, that's an Umbreon or a Leafeon or a Flareon, that makes sense, yeah. 
Yeah, um, no, it's a great concept, and it's hard to take. Uh, it's hard to take something that is in an animal form and then make it into um, something that you can wear and still look human. So, mm. I love what Jessica Nigiri's done with the costumes. She pulls them off so well, and mm. the design and the concept is a really brilliant idea. And I believe a lot of people are inspired by her work and are going on to do their own costume versions of Pokemon as well, pretty much similar to what Jessica's doing. Which is, it's amazing how much people can influence other people. People. And I love watching how the cosplay community is developing through watching some of our biggest and most favorite cosplayers develop their own styles. So Jessica, Yaya Han, Eve Beauregard, one of our own Australian cosplayers, it's amazing watching them and what they do mm. and how they go about designing things. So it's quite exciting. Mm. Well, as we're coming toward the end of our chat, there is there are a couple more things I'd like to ask you. The first is... If there were three things that you perhaps wish someone could have told you uh, at the beginning of your discovery and exploration of cosplay that might have helped you along the way, uh, and that perhaps you could pass on to uh, someone who is also uh, looking at um, uh, feeling the urge to get to work making their own costume, what would you tell them? One, there will be a lot of tears, a lot of late nights, and a lot of stress. Two. Everyone in the cosplay community is there to help. No matter who they are, just send them a message. They're not going to reply back and be snarky. They're going to be like, oh, that's cool. So what do you need my help with? I can give you some tips and ideas on how I did things. So I've had a couple of people do that for me, and I'm happy to do the same thing. I love giving out advice. Um, three, we're all in it for fun. That's what we're here for. We love doing what we're doing, and that's why we're here. Hmm. And where can people find you if they're looking um, for you online? So they can find me on my Facebook page, which is just Vicky-Vic, so V-I-C-K-Y dash V-I-C, um, or the URL is http dot dot slash slash www.facebook uh, forward slash uh, Vicky Vic Cosplay. Um, so you can find me on there. Um, I've got a Twitter account, an Instagram account, a Tumblr account but I rarely get on Tumblr unless I'm posting up a tutorial on how I did something. Instagram, I pop on there regularly for um, just, you know, hey, look at this. I took this today, but I'm not going to bother you guys on Facebook because I don't <laughs> want to annoy you with this kind of crap. Mm. Um, and then there is my um, Twitter account, which I pop on there occasionally and annoy the cosplayers that I like to follow and ask them silly little questions and what's on their mind and how they do little things. So Instagram, <laughs> they're, they're all great social media accounts and I love using my Facebook account to keep in touch with a lot of the other cosplayers from around the world. So it's always a great one to do. Mm. You are, you'll have to forgive me. I just realised I do have two more questions I have to ask and I have to thank Danny Hinton a.k.a. Battlestar Blondie Cosplay, uh, for actually putting in a good word on my behalf with you, so sort of making this chat happen. Thanks again, Danny. Um, she responded to uh, our mutual call for questions today, and she wants me to ask you, uh, firstly, what are your next projects? Well, she already knows what one of my current projects is. I mean, she's part of the group. <laughs> That's right, Jupiter, I'm looking at you. Um, yeah. Then, um, so I recently posted up my um, lineup for Gold Coast Supernova. So I'm currently working on Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Um, and I'm also working on a gender bend version of Captain Jack Sparrow. Because so, um, why bloody not? Why bloody not? And um, we're going to have a bit of fun. Mr. Gibbs is going to be at um, Supernova. So I've... I think we've got a pretty good parts of the Caribbean crew lined up for Saturday, so that's going to be good. I'm also part of another group um, for Brisbane Supernova at the end of the year, which is ages away, but it's good to be prepared because mm, it's mm. going to be a very advanced costume. So um, I'm in a group for that. It's not secret. It's a um, Sailor Moon group again. Mm -hmm. It's the thing this year. Sailor Moon is the thing right now. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited with that. I'm going to work on Final Fantasy X costume again, one of Yuna's Yuna's outfits. So I'm very excited to be touching back to why I initially started cosplay again. And I can't remember what the other few costumes I had planned for the year were, but they're in my list and I've got them there sitting there waiting for me to start them. So mm. there's quite a lot going on this year. Mm. 
And of course, the second question is, how keen are you, Vicky Vic, for some Sailor Scout awesome? Well, after having coffee with Carly, baby Alice cosplayed today. About We finished maybe three hours ago our coffee. We'd sat down for about three and a half hours at the coffee club. I am very, very, very extremely excited to be going down to Gold Nova and I cannot personally wait for Sunday to be my Sailor Pluto, which I'm going to be finishing up tomorrow morning. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I cannot really wait to see everyone's gorgeous faces in their Sailor Scouts because everyone's been working so hard on those cosplays. So I'm very, 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 very excited and I'm really hoping that the voice actor for our tuxedo mask um, when we go line up and go see him, we'll be just like, well, I've got the entire Sailor Scout group. What you guys got? What you guys got? So um, hoping for something like that, but it's going to be amazing. I'm very, very, very excited. Sounds like it is going to be one heck of a year for you. So um, Vicky Vic, uh, keep fighting evil by moonlight and winning costume competitions or judging them by daylight it has been a blast having you on the pay to play podcast thank you once again for your time no thank you so much rob for having me here thank you again very much vicky vic for coming on the show and once again thank you very much to danny hinton of battlestar blondie cosplay for helping me make it happen uh, danny has been a great help in getting some guests for this show. I am currently in talks with another cosplayer who is getting paid to play about uh, when we can get together for a chat. And um, there is one thing I would like to say about that chat I just had with Vicky Vic. As you noticed, she is not actually getting paid to play yet, but I still reckon it is very much worthwhile having chatted with her for this show because she is in a fantastic place to start. They're the results of what your enthusiasm, if shared well, can bring. Uh, like I said, she is in a fantastic place to start. Vicky Vic is being invited to conventions. Her name is out there amongst the cosplay community. And as you heard, she definitely has demand for her products. There are people willing to pay her money to get their hands on the prints that at the moment she only makes available when she's doing a competition. Speaking of sharing things, I would like once again to say, please, if you enjoy this podcast, spread the word about it. Uh, link to this episode on Facebook, like the Pay to Play podcast page on Facebook. And by the way, that is another thing I want to talk about very quickly. As of this recording, which is being recorded on the morning of Sunday, March the 22nd, 2015, the Paid to Play Facebook page has 91 likes. Now, I'm a little bit ambivalent about like chasing for its own sake. Um, on the one hand, it does seem a little bit gratuitous, but on the other hand, I do believe in this podcast. I do believe in the value it has, and I do believe in getting it between giving it the best chance of getting between the ears of the people who will enjoy it and who would be willing to get behind it. So folks, please, if you enjoy it, I would love your help in giving it the best chance possible. Um, I would like to get the Facebook page to 100 more likes. And if you've seen the Facebook page a couple of weeks ago, you'll notice that I put up uh, an announcement where once the page hits 100 likes, I will be reading something that uh, you folks suggest. Um, basically doing a free audio recording, it will be shared on the Facebook page. And it is up to you folks who like the page to tell me what you want to hear me do. Um, I had a couple of ideas, like the no one would have believed opening paragraph from the War of the Worlds, or the final speech of Charles Dance's character Clemens from the movie Alien 3. Um, but I've had a few other suggestions in the meantime. Paul Cockrum said he wants the uh, St. Crispin's Day speech from Shakespeare's Henry V, which does sound like fun. Uh, Frankie Anderson has asked for um, any of the Captain's Log openings from any episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, so I think she wants my best Captain Picard impersonation. I'm not sure if I'll be able to pull it off. And Andrew Hilton, not related to Danny Hilton as far as I'm aware anyway, bless his heart, has asked for me to do a reading from the adult classified section from the Cairns Post. So um, 
I'm not sure whether I'll be doing all of those, but um, yeah, if there's enough enthusiasm and if I have the time, I might do more than just one. So please uh, like it, like the Paid to Play page on Facebook, share it around, give it the best odds of um, reaching the people who love listening to it. And also, as I've said, I am now on Patreon and I would love very much for you to get behind this podcast. Um, having money coming in for it will allow me to expand what I can do at the moment. It is purely a hobby on my own time and sort of on my own money, although that basic expense is now covered, but I would like to make more out of it. So um, I think that is about everything I've got to say for this episode. At the moment, I have one more chat in the can. Episode 41 is going to be with another cosplayer by the name of Ash Chain, but she's not only a cosplayer, she is also a tattoo artist who uh, not only does all the regular tattoos you would expect, but also does some fairly geeky ones. I think um, her Hands of Gotham uh, series is one of the things that she is promoting right at the moment. We had a great chat about a week ago about her two loves and how she's getting paid to play for both of them. She will actually be appearing at Tropicon as well. She has a stand there where she will be uh, selling her merchandise. So uh, please tune back in in a couple of weeks that will be going live in early april two weeks after this episode goes live on pay to play and of course you patreon backers will get it three days early and you folks who have signed up for the paid to play podcast mailing list will get it one day early so that's another thing folks please if you love this podcast uh and maybe you don't have enough cash to chip toward patreon please sign up for the mailing list that way um, I will be able to get to you directly and you will still get access to these episodes a little bit earlier than anyone else. And I think that about covers it for this episode. So please, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, remember, play first, pay later. I license paid to play under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. In approximate terms, this means that you can fold, spindle or mutilate it, in other words, remix it, and send it to whomever you please, but make sure that you tell people that the bits of it you use came from me and don't charge anyone for it. For the full legalese, go to creativecommons.org. Theme music is written and performed by, copyright and used with the kind permission of Miracle of Sound. All rights reserved. For more great music inspired by geek culture, visit miracleofsound.net. This podcast is hosted by Business Web Integrations. You can find them at businesswebintegrations, or one word, .com.au, and they'll be more than willing to assist you with your site hosting needs.